0: The blood will never lose its power thank the Lord that's what gives us reason to enter into his throne room because we're washed and bought by the blood of Jesus Christ praise his name let's stand this evening and welcome God and his presence here in this place we praise you Lord we thank you for allowing us all to make it here safely we thank you for the another opportunity and the privilege to be in your house with your people We pray, Lord, that you minister to us in this time together, that you would speak to our souls, strengthen us, and encourage us for the battles that lie ahead this week. You know just what it is that we'll be facing. You know just the temptations the enemy may press upon us, Lord. I pray that you would fill us up and rejuvenate us with your presence and your spiritual strength and prepare us to go into the world, into the harvest, and be busy about your business. We pray that you would anoint this service, that it would count for eternity, that everything that's done would bring glory to your name, Lord. We are your people. We've been bought with a price, the price of your shed blood. May we not forget that this service, the focus of this service, the purpose of this service is about you, not about us. We've come here to lift up praise and worship to your name. We've come here to testify about what you've been doing in our hearts and our lives. We're here, Lord, to study your word and learn about how to better serve you. We ask that you would just touch this time together. We're so thankful how you ministered in times past. We're trusting you'll do it again. In your name we pray amen you may be seated trust you're ready to worship the lord together as brother kevin comes to lead us in song may the lord bless you
1: let's turn to page number 423 it's good to see sister ruth and sister miriam in service tonight we missed you
2: Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is a dearest that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Loves me, Jesus loves even me. Though I forget him and wander away, still he doth. loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Oh, if there's only one song I can I see the great King. This shall my song in eternity be. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me, Jesus
1: loves even me. Amen. Let's turn to page number 196. 196.
2: die for me because he loves me so. Well might the sun in darkness up uh, and shine his glory dear? When Christ the mighty maker died for man the creature see. He loves me, He loves me, this I know, He gave Himself to die for me, because He loves me so, Well, drops of grief can never repay, The debt of love I owe, Hello.
1: Amen. Well where would we be without the love of God? Does anybody have a song they'd like to sing tonight? Three hundred and sixty-five. Three hundred and sixty-five. My Redeemer. Let us stand.
2: will sing of my Redeemer and His wondrous love to me. On the cruel cross He suffered from the curse.
0: Praise the Lord. How about a testimony? Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Good. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. Good. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good. Who will be next? Come on now. You're not going to sing songs like that and be quiet, are you? (laughs) Amen. All right, hold your silence. Let's go to prayer. (laughs) What are our prayer requests tonight? Let's not forget to pray for those. Thank the Lord we have a prayer answering God, don't we? Amen. Do us good to take maybe a service sometime and just reflect on all that he's done for us. How he's helped us along the way. And then even then we wouldn't be aware of all the things. I'm convinced there's so much that goes on in the unseen battle that we'll find out on the other shore. And we'll be so grateful, so thankful. For his faithfulness to us, his protection. Amen. Anyone else with a testimony on your heart? All right, if Brother Michael come, we'll take up the offering.
2: Thank you.
0: So glad for that rock. Amen. Just right there at the right place at the right time. Praise the Lord. Amen. All hearts clear tonight. All minded the Lord. Amen. Don't have to go through the week if the Lord's put something on your heart. (laughs) Amen. Well, something happened today. While I don't know if it was while we were sleeping or if it was that hour that we lost. But somebody had a birthday today. We did get to sing happy birthday to him. We'll sing happy birthday to him now. It's Jeremy's birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. And many more. I appreciate Jeremy you know there's a lot of a lot of churches that have a lot of young people their hearts not after serving the Lord they don't have a desire to use their talent for the music in the house of God or if they do they're they're wanting to set up a drum set you know there's a lot of young boys his age and a lot of modern churches they'd be wanting to set up a drum set up here they'd be they'd be playing a different tune on that old guitar I'm so thankful his heart has a desire to worship the Lord and uh, I love love his desire to use his talent for the Lord and to try to learn uh, he's not being paid, are you? I don't think so. <laughs> not that I'm aware of anyway. Maybe maybe somebody's slipping, slipping him some money. No, I think it's just his willing heart to do it for Jesus. And I appreciate each one of you to have a heart to use your talent for the Lord's glory. And I appreciate Jeremy and his desire to serve the Lord and trust the Lord guides his life and makes him a man of God someday. I pray for the people of this church and pray for the young people, especially the Lord would guide them. And I've often shared it doesn't Sometimes it doesn't seem fair that the old, uh, the enemy attacks in a special strong way and there's so many vital decisions going on in a time in life when there's a destination is being set. Teenage years are the the years that your destination is being set many times. Not saying that God can't change the heart later, uh, but it's the time of launching out. It's the time of uh, moving out for the Lord and doing great things for the Lord and getting that focus set and so we we do pray for our young people we pray for jeremy we appreciate him appreciate his desire to worship the lord with his guitar praise the lord anyone else with a praise on your heart all right Well, let's take our bibles and i trust you've brought one you need to carry your sword with you i like to carry my bible with me all the all the places i go and there's been a couple occasions where we've took off on a trip and I forgot my Bible. And I like to sometimes I've even turned around and gone back to the house to get my Bible. I like to keep it in the dash of my car and like to have it with me all times. If sometimes we go out to eat, I like to take it with me and set it there on the table. And uh, I believe children of God love God's Word and want to carry it with them. I I don't think that means that you have to have it with you all the time when you're working throughout the day. I don't know if Daryl has a pouch for his Bible along with his hammer and nails there, but I do believe we we enjoy God's Word and we should especially bring it to church and enjoy reading it. But take your Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 3, the book of Colossians chapter 3. We have a couple things uh, that stood out to me in these first couple verses here, Colossians chapter 3. Stand with me for the reading of the Word and for prayer. Colossians chapter 3, beginning to read at verse number 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ setteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you've revealed your truth to us in times past through your Spirit It's not that we have ability to study or not that we would have a sharp shovel and know how to dig. It's not about the head knowledge. Lord, we desire the heart knowledge. We desire truth in the inward man. We ask that you would reveal your truth to us. Give us personal application in our lives as you begin to reveal these things to us and remind us maybe of things we've forgotten. We thank you for visiting this service. We know you're here already. We ask that you would continue to work in our hearts. May it be willing clay, Lord, to be made into whatever you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about seeking and setting your affection on things above. He says here in this first verse, if ye then be risen with Christ. He's not talking about people of the world. He's not talking about he's not talking to sinners. He's not talking to the people of the world. He's not talking about the people who are carried away in the things of this life, the people who just uh, are indulging in the sinful acts uh, and the sinful deeds and disobeying the commandments of God. He's talking about the people who have been born again, the people who have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, the people who are risen again with Jesus Christ. And that's why we uh, baptize. It's symbolic of what Christ has done, the work of Christ, and that we are taking on Christ's work into our own life, that we are being buried with Him in the grave, and that we come up and that we are being washed, or that we are being risen again by Jesus Christ and washed in His blood. But he says, If ye then, being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. He says in verse number one, to seek. He says in verse number two, to set. Seek those things which are above. And then he says to set your affection on those things above. I want us to talk about those things for a little bit. I want us to talk about what it means to seek. I want us to talk about what it means to set. And I want us to talk for a few minutes about the things above and about our f- affections. and what, what are your affections? What are your affections? People say, oh, I, I like that. I kind of have some affections for that. I'm a little bit affectionate towards that. Well, that's okay. But this is talking about the inward man. This is talking about the, the uh, desire, the draw of your heart, the heart calling, your heart goal, your, your focus that your soul is set upon accomplishing. And we're going to get to some of that in just a few moments. He says, seek, seek it seems like we hardly even know what the word seek means anymore it doesn't seem like we have to seek to find our way geographically we can just punch it in the old GPS can't we Uh, a friend of mine was on our way on their way to visit and uh, told me said yeah we're on such-and-such a road and I said "Uh, what are you doing on such-and-such a road and I said well we're on our way to your house and I said well you can come to our house by way of that, but that's kind of out of the way. I, I said that uh, you might need to update some things in your GPS, your global positioning system. And uh, I said, you might need to update. And he said, well, it's only, uh, we got it for Christmas just a couple years ago. And here it is just been a couple years and they've already, there's already faster ways to get places. I'm not sure why it guided him that direction, but um, he was coming over from the way of Columbus and it had him on 70, and then it took him down, jumped him off on, I think, 670, and then route 4. Or no, it put him on route 4, and then brought him around to 75, and brought him up that way. So, well, you could have just come down 75, or come, come, down, come over on 70, and dropped down 75. So, maybe there was an accident there. I don't know. But it seems like, Harley, we know what the word seek means. If we're desirous to know information, if we want to learn about something, it doesn't seem like we hardly have to seek much anymore. We just go to a book. We can go to the library and ask the librarian. Well, it used to be. Now you just go to the computer. You go there in alphabetical order usually. Sometimes they're by topics or by book titles, and they'll have uh, certain subjects. So they'll be cat- books will be categorized by subject, and they'll say, "You wanna, you wanna learn about, um, you wanna learn about space." Uh, you want to learn about the universe around the earth here's the here's the aisle where you go to the section of books this is where you look and you can go through there and there's a multitude there's thousands and thousands and thousands of books and you could spend your whole lifetime just reading what other people have written you could spend a whole day I've shared before I just reading about what other people have written about and reading about what other people are doing and and it seems like we hardly have to seek but there's always somebody who's ready to teach there there's classes that you can learn pretty much about anything you go to a university a a college and you just search a topic online and it'll pop up whatever you want to know about that topic and wherever you'd like to go it will list the colleges it'll list the schools the universities wherever you could go to learn about some of those things and some of those topics and they all have an array of classes that you would take, and a group of people that's there to teach you, and they're qualified, they're certified. All the universities wanna let you know how certified they are. You know, they got they got this degree and that degree. <laughs> One person referred to their professor as Fahrenheit. He had so many degrees, they said. He he was a Fahrenheit. <laughs> I'm not a person that has any degrees. I, I'm not sure why the Lord hasn't led me down those pathways, at least not yet. Maybe he just wants to keep me dependent upon him. I'm not against degrees. I'm not against learning. We all had to learn how to tie our shoes from somebody that was willing to teach us i didn't invent how to tie my shoe on my own we all have to be taught we all have to learn we all have to submit ourselves to someone else teaching us but it seems like when it comes to seeking we don't really know what it's like to really seek for something to really put forth some effort to find to really search out to really understand what it means to apply ourselves and what he's talking about is setting our affection on things above, but you can't set your affections there until you know about it. You've got to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You've got to seek first the deep truths of God. You've got to seek first to know about God. You've got to seek his, uh, his spirit, his leadership. It has to be sought out. Thank God that He doesn't just uh, dump it out on us, but He's he's willing to allow us to seek. He's willing to allow us to humble ourselves. He's set it up in a way that we we must apply ourselves, like I mentioned this morning in the message, that we have to to search, we have to seek out. He's there to give it to us, but it's to those who desire. Those who will be filled with righteousness are those who seek. Those who seek shall find. Those who knock, it will be opened. Those who call, they'll answered, the scripture says. Jesus said he's right there to answer the call. He's right there to help. He's right there to help lead and help guide and, and give us what we would need. But we have to seek. And here he's given the admonition, the, the exhortation. He's uh, stirring up our minds, our hearts, and reminding us, he says, seek those things which are above the things that are above the menial things of this life. He's not talking about just this this dirt that we walk on. He's not talking about just this, these carpet, the carpet that we walk on and the pews that we're sitting on and the pulpit we're standing behind. He's not just talking about the material things here, but He's talking about... He's talking about something much higher than that. He's talking about the heavenly things. He's talking about the things of God, the spiritual things, the things that are really gonna matter when this life passes away. It's interesting to my heart how people can really apply themselves to things in this life, and I'm not against that. I think we just need to be a consistent people. We need to be a people who apply ourselves to the spiritual things, to the things of God. We need to make sure we don't let go and and uh, slack up. We make sure we don't fall away and drift away and grow lean, like we preached about this morning. But to seek those things, to really dig in, to really desire, to really search out. There's passages in the Bible that tell us that we are to search the Scriptures, that we're to study that we're to search, that we're to dig, that we're to look for the truths of God. And I like the book of Proverbs, it's a book of wisdom. And as you read through there, it teaches the principle that if you seek after wisdom and you go to God seeking Him for wisdom, He will give it to you. God is glad to give wisdom. God is glad to give guidance and glad to give direction and glad to give instruction. I've had some really smart people in my life that have offered to teach me things. And I appreciate that. Anytime someone offers to teach you something, to instruct you on how to do something, you should at least take time to thank them and and express your appreciation for their willingness to take time of their life to try to help you learn something that you might not be able to learn otherwise unless they took time. But uh, I've had people in my life that have been there to help teach me and to help guide me. But there's been times when I've called those people when I've really needed to find direction. And I'm not talking about spiritual things. I'm talking about material things. And maybe I'll be working on a car. Sometimes there there have been times when I did construction. I, 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 I ran up into something that I wasn't prepared for. I hadn't been taught about. But I knew who it was I was to go to. And I would get that person and try to call them. I, one time I went and knocked on a person's door. I was trying to figure out something about my uh, ham radio, and I, I I just I was clueless on the right way to do it. And I uh, sought after this person to try to try to find out what they what their advice would be. And I couldn't get a hold of them. I tried to call them, and they wouldn't pick up the phone. And they they were maybe at work or something. I ended up getting a hold of them later. But at the time that I felt like I really needed them, I couldn't get a hold of them. But aren't you so glad that God is not that way? God is always there. All those that call upon Him are, are He's there to answer he's there to help it doesn't matter the time of the day or the night and there used to be a song about it I don't remember all the words but my grandpa used to talk about it maybe we need to get some of those old hymn books out and start singing those old songs before they're lost in the dust of time but he used to talk about the one song that said uh, uh, something about the line the line to heaven he said, "It's open all the time. Central's never busy. Uh, always on the line. You can reach heaven almost any time, or something like that. I don't remember. We need to find that song and sing it again. I uh, I know enough about the words to think that I'd appreciate it. But aren't you so glad that any time we seek, He's there to help us to find it. He's there to help guide us and help lead us along. And and uh, it's not very many times in life, in the physical life, that we really have to." Uh, exercise our our, uh, willingness, our diligence to seek after something. It seems like information is so prevalent. It seems like the internet has connected the world and it seems like there's hardly any language barriers. There's hardly any uh, knowledge barriers. Someone was telling me about something this weekend about a problem they had and I gave them some advice and I said, you know, uh, you can always... I said I explained to them what I what I would check on the vehicle that was going bad, and they said, "Well, they were having some electrical problems, and their dash was flashing and sending different mixed signals." And I told them, "I said we'll check the ground wire." I said that's a common problem that I've found. But I said, you know, if you run into anything and you can't reach me, I said you can always learn about it on the internet. I said yeah, there's probably there's probably a zillion YouTube videos that somebody has made out there to try to help other people find the way, and. Uh, And when it comes to seeking he's talking about really applying ourselves he's talking about really searching out the scriptures he's talking about really humbling ourselves in God's presence and and desiring to know and desiring to understand the deep things of God the spiritual things and and the things that God is doing how God is working are are you in tune with the spiritual battle that's going on around you Are you aware that there's a spiritual battle are you aware of your place in the spiritual battle and are you operating with diligence Uh, in your place where God has called you to be in the battlefield, it it behooves us, it's our best interest to find out what is going on in the spiritual realm, to understand what God is doing and where He's working and where He wants to work and the souls He wants to minister to and get in the fight and get engaged, it seems half... the Christians or those that would name themselves as Christians these days. and Many churches, they're not, in, they're not really involved in the spiritual battle. It's like they're disconnected. They're their own little private unit over here doing something else while there's a battle going on. And, and there's call for reinforcement. There's call for help. There's call for soldiers on the battlefield. And, and they're over here uh, entertaining themselves and hanging out and having a good time. And There's a spiritual battle being fought. And when the things of this life begin to fade away, Whether it's by old age and by death, whether it's by disease and a slow dying, or whether it's by the trumpet sounding, the the angel declaring with one foot upon the land and one foot upon the sea that time is no more. Either way, when the things of this life begin to fade away, everyone's going to have a real reality check about the above things, about the things above, about the spiritual things, about the things of God. And everyone is going to immediately, when that happens, they're going to immediately wish they were involved in the things above. Wish that their affections were set on the things above. Wish that they were in the fight, in the battle, doing their part. What is it that God has called you to do? You've got to seek that out. You've got to seek out the spiritual things. You're not going to just stumble across them by accident. You'll find spiritual truth when you're looking for it. You'll find God's guidance when you're looking for it. The child of God, if you want to be led of God, God wants to lead you more than you want to be led. Just remember that. When you have a desire to know God's will, and you may seek out God's will, and it may seem like the heavens are brass as some of the saints have reported, and if you've lived very long and served the Lord for very long, you've probably experienced those times too when you're in time of need and you need to reach heaven and you're seeking after God's guidance and it seems like you can't make any headway. Just remember God wants to pour out His wisdom to you more than you want to receive it more than you're seeking it, harder than your your desire to seek it, more than your diligence to apply yourself to understand the things of God. God wants to reveal it to you. God wants to show you those things. The things that are above. The things that are, are way above. Not just above our heads, but He's talking about the things where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. The things of heaven. What is it that's going on in heaven? What is the atmosphere of heaven all about? If you could visit just for a few moments, or if you could visit for a day and come back, what do you think that you would learn about what's going on in heaven? What is it that uh, if if your eyes could see uh, all the invisible angels working, if your eyes could, could be able to uh, perceive, if you could be able to behold the prayers that are going up to heaven and, and the answers and the help and the spiritual battle that's going on, if you could see, if you had eyes to be able to see the demons working and, and tempting people and tempting you and trying to hinder you on your spiritual journey, what is it that you think you could learn? I think you would be aware that there's a spiritual battle I think you'd be aware that the enemy is working hard to get our affection set on these things down here, to get, a, get little, uh, little strings uh, attached to our hearts, and that those strings could be wove together to become a rope that would bind us to the things of this life, that we wouldn't have an affection on the things of God, that we'd be busy about this life down here and forget the important things. To seek. To seek. When was the last time you lost something? and you had to really seek for it. Maybe you left your car keys somewhere, you forgot you left them. I used to look around for things, and my mom would say, well, I know where it's at. And I'd say, Mom, tell me. And she said, it's right where you left it. Oh, Mom, come on. <laughs> come on, Mom, I need help. I'm not sure where they're at. i misplaced them somewhere. They they fell out of my pocket. I, I put something on the, the back of the vehicle. My My dad, one time, we had the car lot there in Circleville, and he still has that. I'm not able to help as much being this far away. But one time he left on ahead of time. I think it was a church night. It was a Wednesday night. We had Bible study and someone, uh, there was a customer there and the customer was staying kind of later and we were supposed to be closed, you know, and it was one of those situations where it was just, just uh, probably wasn't going to have time to eat supper. And I was probably going to end up having to go straight to church. And, and I told dad, I said, well, you go on ahead. I said, um, uh, I think at the time he was supposed to share in the Bible study or he was leading the singing, I can't remember which, and uh, maybe another gentleman was leading the Bible study. And I told him, I said, well, you go on ahead. I said, uh, you got you to gotta be there on time for service because I think you had uh, doing something, a position in the service. I said, you go on ahead. I said, I'll take care of this customer and I'll close up. And I said, you, you go on, it'll be all fine. And uh, so he said, I think he he left the one key that the customer was testing. I think the customer was going on a test drive. I could tell you a million stories uh, about people test driving stuff and moving things and taking off and coming back with full drive vehicles with mud down the side of them and joy riding. Oh boy. But anyway, he he took off and left ahead of time. And then it was a little while later, the customer came back and I was able to close up the lot. And I took off and got down the road in the first turn. The first turn off on the side road to head home. I looked out, I looked out my windows, I drove by and I said, well that kind of looks like a, a tag that we would have on our, our keys at our car lot. That kind of, that tag looks kind of familiar. So I stopped up the road and I turned around and drove back by and looked at it again. I said, well man, that really does look like, I'm sure it's a piece of trash, but I just gotta stop and check that out. And I pulled my vehicle off and there wasn't one, or wasn't two, three or four, but there was all of them were there. He had, in haste, set the key rack on the back of his bumper and took off down the road. And when he turned the first corner, there they were everywhere. (laughs) And I began to pick keys up as cars and traffic was going back and forth and got in the grass and found some and there was just one that I couldn't find. And I prayed, I said, Lord, you know, would you help me find it? I looked up and down the street and I looked at the clock. I said, you know, I'm going to have to go straight to church. And even then I'm going to be cutting it short on time. And I prayed, I said, Lord, you know right where that key is at. Help me to find that, Lord. And uh, I looked and looked, and I couldn't find it. I said, well, I'm going on to church. I'll come back. If I can't find it, you know, a criminal probably couldn't find it either, so it's probably safe wherever it's at. And I said, well, I'll go on to church, and and I'll come back and look for it after church. And I got to church and and uh, hopped out of my car. I was just praying on the way there. I said, Lord, you know right where that's at. Help me to find that. And God hopped out of the car and got out and was getting ready to walk into church, and I heard something... I turned around and I looked at my car tire and there was the missing key. So when you pray for things, be specific about how to find it. <laughs> that cost me a little bit. But there's times in my life where I've sought for things, sought for them. When was it the last time that you really sought after the things of God? Maybe it was just this past week, I hope it was. Maybe it was just this morning, I hope it was. I hope you're seeking after God, I hope you're seeking after the things above. The the things that God is busy doing. What is it that God is doing? What is it that are the things of Christ, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God? You know what Christ is doing at the right hand of God right now? The Scriptures tells us that He's our great high priest and He's making intercession at the right hand of God. What do you think those things are that Christ is doing at the right hand of God? Are you busy playing your part, being in the fight, the things above are you seeking? Are you seeking the things above? Then are you setting your affections on things above? The affections, the affections. Not just your emotion, but really what drives your emotions. The inward man down deep inside, the inward person down deep in you. The real, the real desire that you have to carry out in your life. I think the people of God should not just be thoughtful about our purpose in life, but to be busy making sure we're right where God wants us. We often say that God has a place for each person in his kingdom. God has things he wants to do through people. And it's not just of our best interest just to know what it is that God wants us to do, but it's of our best interest to be involved and be right exactly where God wants us. Be at the geographical place where God wants you. Be where God wants you spiritually. God has a purpose and a plan to carry out, and and the things that God wants to carry out, he wants to do it through his people. It struck me again this week. I, I hardly go very long, and I'm just awestruck. I can't get over the thought of a God who has spoken the world into existence. Everything that we see and hear and observe and know in this life, this physical life, everything around the universe around this earth, all the galaxies, all the planets, all their gravity pulls, and all their orbits, and how they don't crash into each other, and all the timing of everything, how the sun rises, and, and the earth rotates, and there's seasons in the, the earth, and all those things. and He's spoken all that into existence, all the creation. We were enjoying the, the birds. We were looking at the birds, and I think maybe we had the window open today, and just observing the beautiful birds, and just my wife was saying just, just uh, who would come up with an idea to make something like that a creative God would just the Lord has made such a vast difference in all the different creatures and all the different plants and all the different animals and and then all the different people (laughs) but anyway all the variety God has spoken everything into existence and then he chooses to use his people to carry out his plan to save the human race he's done his part but yet he's called his people to play a part. Are you seeking and have you set? When I think of the word set, it, it reminds me, I, I can't help but think of the missiles and the radar system. They're, they have a radar system that they use and they're constantly updating that. And and they have the stealth planes and they, uh, they're trying to create planes that aren't seen and aren't visible by other countries and other military uh, radar and then they want to have the highest technology of radar and they built planes i guess it was way back maybe in the 60s they built the f117 it might have been later than that and It was supposed to be like the stealth plane, one of the stealth planes, and they said it, they bragged about it because they said on the radar of the enemy, it only showed up about the size of a, I think it was a seagull or the size of a bird. It just looked like a bird on the radar, but it was this, you know, the spy plane and it was able to drop bombs and go behind the enemy lines. And they're always wanting to update the radar. And then they're always trying to hide from the enemy's radar. But I think of the, when I think of uh, SET, I think of locked on how those missiles, they have those heat seeker missiles. They have those missiles that they lock on to the enemy. Of course, they have to use the radar to be able to find the enemy to begin with. But then they lock on to that enemy and they launch that missile and that missile once it's locked on it actually has adjustable fins it's not just like shooting an arrow or shooting a gun and you try to shoot at something's moving i remember a, a, with a as a kid with a slingshot trying to shoot at birds while they were flying you know there was once or twice i got them but i used to shoot blackbirds and crows and stuff that try to invade and shoot shoot at different kinds of rodents and stuff but it's hard to hit it's hard to hit cuz once you let go you're, the the projectile is set in the direction of the course it's going to go and if the the bird diverts you know you just you miss out on that one but these missiles they have now especially the heat seekers they'll lock on to the heat to the engine of the the enemy aircraft and they launch and when they launch if that enemy aircraft turns off and diverts that missile will turn off and divert and it has fins that will adjust and it will follow that enemy aircraft and it's just it's just locked on the only way that you can divert from that one thing they do is they'll shoot the flares out they have the the uh, jets that will uh, shoot the flares out and the flares are supposed to offset the heat seeker missiles that chase after a flare but sometimes the only thing you can do is just blow up that missile and uh, there is another story that came to mind when we did construction we had this one job we were working in the woods and the The neighbor's house wasn't too far through the woods. The people have passed away since, but they were a couple that uh, attended our church until they passed away. The veffers I don't think my wife ever got to go to their house, unfortunately. They used to do a Christmas party for the church every year. It was was quite the tradition. And uh, they had house plans and stuff, and their house ended up being very beautiful, the way they designed it and everything that they wanted to do. But while we were building their house, their neighbors had some dogs, and uh, my brother and i we just kind of joked around about them they were they were short and they they looked like they were t- just kind of barrel chested they were just kind of stocky old dogs and they were kind of slow and they slobbered. and I, I think they were bulldogs is what they were i don't know if you ever messed around with a bulldog but you don't want to mess around too much with a bulldog they can be kind of mean and uh, they're known for their grip and their the strength of their jaws i i didn't research it i don't know how many pounds but they have jaws that are just incredibly strong and they're known as, as dogs that will just bite and hang on. And, and I remember one time we were over there and we had a, a shovel and a hoe and a couple other things. We were working on a ditch or digging something around a sidewalk, maybe doing some landscaping. And uh, that dog, here it come through the woods. And the woods were pretty tight woods. There wasn't much brush, but there were a lot of cedar trees and a lot of little saplings and stuff. And here come that dog over. And it must have gotten out. I think it was an indoor dog, and it, and it was walking through the woods. And I just—it didn't sound very, very friendly. <laughs> And uh, we thought, we started talking to it and stuff, and I don't know if it had a tail, but we couldn't see the tail wiggling. And, you know, couldn't tell if the dog was friendly or what it was doing, but it was coming towards us, and it was moving kind of slow, and we were joking. It's like, oh, you know, that's that a silly old dog or something like that. And they come over and, and kind of breathing along, and here it comes, kind of sniffing around and stuff. And it was walking around us, and we just kind of, we, we didn't know too much about it. We just kind of wanted to keep our distance. And, my i think it was my brother and my dad had was holding a shovel like this we were taking a break and here it comes you know and and i think i had another hoe or a pick or something you know we were we were ready just in case you know it tried to turn on us last minute we're going to kind of thump it some and uh, he had a hold of that and that that uh bulldog come over and he said sniffed around a little bit and it saw that shovel and kind of looked around a little bit and started biting on the shovel and uh, we thought well that's maybe it's just wanting to play you know maybe it's just hadn't had any maybe it's the older dog and doesn't have anybody to play with and we thought maybe just playing around so he kind of had the shovel and he was kind of pulling on it and stuff and the dog was kind of pulling and it was backing up you know and it was it was a pretty good sized dog i mean it was it was short but it was i don't know it was probably that long and of course i was younger everything's bigger when you're younger but it was kind of we didn't know what to think about it and as that thing was kind of pulling around on it and stuff we just thought it was playing we heard something start to crunch and it had grabbed a hold of that fiberglass handle of that shovel which you know we we had smacked it around and dug dirt with it and it gotten in some places and been beat up and it was pretty tough and that all of a sudden that fiberglass started crunching and we knew that it wasn't just playing around it just wasn't wanting to play tug of war but it was set on taking this thing home and uh my dad i think let go of it and it started back towards its house and then we got it so you know we don't want to lose our shovel man this is not cool so we shovels are expensive we grabbed a hold of it and we tried to pull it away again and it wouldn't it just kind of growl i said okay okay fine maybe it'll get bored and then we'll find it in the woods somewhere it it started off back with it through the woods and it was it's getting caught in the in between the trees and trying to move its head <laughs> but here you know it had that had that bulldog grip we need to have a bulldog grip on the things above. We need to have that bulldog grip about the Father's business, just to grab on and not to let go. No matter what happens, no matter what other people do, there'll be people that you'll see will come along of you in this spiritual journey. And maybe you've seen some of them. They come alongside and they may seem to do pretty well and they they fall away. And other people, they'll they'll do their thing. I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to help rescue those who are wavering those who were in the balances and found wanting, I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to encourage each other. I think we should. I think that's part of the Father's business. But I think, first off, we have to seek out the things that are above. And we have to set, we have to lock on, we have to latch on, we have to position ourselves in a state where there's no going back. There's no letting go of the things of God and going back to the things of the world. The decision has already been made. That's what it means to be consecrated to the Lord's purpose. That means you're dedicated. That means that you've given yourself as a living sacrifice, sold out for the master's purpose. It doesn't matter who comes along. It doesn't matter what they want to do. It doesn't matter what your friends, what your family does, what your spouse does. But you've determined, you've made up your mind that you're going through regardless of what everybody else does. That's what he's talking about. About here to set to determine to to put forth that you're not turning back you've already made up your mind there's no going back like one person said I'm not for sale just tell the devil that when he comes around next time I'm not for sale I'm already bought I'm already sold out I remember my grandpa giving an illustration and uh, I believe it was true and he said back in the days when they used to travel by trains he said there was a preacher that was traveling and he said to, uh, i don't know if it was some business people or saloon uh, keepers or what happened but he said they they uh, were in the same coach there and maybe in the same uh, row of seats and they said they started to plan some cards and they got some folds of cards out of their pocket and they started gambling there and playing some cards and they, they looked over at each other and nudged each other and looked at the preacher and said hey so why don't you play us some cards and the preacher said i'm sorry i said i can't play any cards i don't have any hands and they kind of smirked at each other and looked at him and kind of looking at his shirt sleeves. And they said, well, you know, pardon me, but what's those things hanging out of your shirt sleeves? He said, all these? He said, all these are Jesus's. And he said, I don't think Jesus would want me to play cards with these hands. He said, they've been bought by the blood of Jesus. They're for the things of God. Amen? We're not, we're not uh, looking for any other bids. We're sold out to God's purpose. It reminds me of, it said back, uh, the story has it back in the... Uh, olden days when the civil war was going on i think i've told this story before he said during the civil war there was a captain of a ship i guess he owned the ship and ran the ship and he uh ran trips up and down the coast he said that he was approaching i don't remember whether it was a southerner ship approached by the northerner or a northern ship approached by southerners i don't remember those details but however it was he said he was approached by the opposing uh, uh, by the opposing forces maybe the opposing military side and they they wanted they said you know we know you're from the other side we know that you're uh, helping the other side but we we, uh, we need resources the military down there they, they need resources're up there whatever it was and they said you know we'll pay you uh, he said we'll pay you this much amount and uh and the, the captain said, no. He said, no, no I'm not interested. I, I'm, not, I'm not for sale. It, it's, it's not for sale. We don't do that. We don't, we're not going to participate in that. We're not going to help the enemy. Uh, we're, we're helping our side, and that's it. And he, he raised the price a little bit. And he said, well, how, what about for this much, would you? He said, we'll we'll pay grand. You know, this is a very, uh, there, there's a lot of money on the line. There's a lot of lives on the line. And we need these resources. I don't know whether it was ammo or food or what it was. See, these resources he wanted him to, to uh, ship down to the other side or up. And I said, uh, he said, no, and uh, the guy kept raising the price, and raising the price, he said, well, how about for this much amount? How about for this much amount? He kept doubling and tripling, and he was going to pay an outrageous amount just for this uh, captain, just to ship this shipment of supplies to the other enemy. Finally, the, the captain uh, pulled out of his vest pocket, or out of his pants pocket, he pulled out this little revolver, and pressed it up against his chest, and he said, get off my ship, you're getting too close to my price. We need to know where to draw the line where there's no more bartering with the enemy. Amen? He's getting too close to our price, but we don't need to be bargaining with him. We're sold out. Our affections are set on the things above. What are your affections set upon? Your life. If someone didn't know you, say you had a neighbor that moved in beside you where you live, and say that your walls were thin enough where they could hear everything that goes on, and someone could just hang out with you for a day, and uh, maybe, maybe let's say that this person couldn't hear any of the things that you would say. Maybe they, couldn't, maybe they couldn't hear you and all the good things that you would say and all the things that you enjoyed talking about, but if they just observed your actions, if they were just watching you, maybe, maybe like a spy would uh, set forth to uh, put forth a spy on the enemy to watch an enemy agent, and they would tail that enemy agent around, and they would sit back from afar and watch them with binoculars, and they would go in places and find out what they were doing there, and they would try to see about what they were doing and what, what their life purpose was, what they were accomplishing, what they were carrying out on a day-to-day task. What if you had a neighbor that was like that and just was, a, just was a quiet person that would just observe the things that you would do and say, let's just say that they were aware of some of the things that maybe you didn't think that they were aware of. Some of the things that you do in your house behind closed doors. Some of the things that you do when you think you're by yourself. Maybe some of the things you do uh, when, when you're, you're out on the town by yourself and no one's around and you're just busy kind of doing your own thing. What would they think that your purpose in life would be about? What would they think that your goals in life would be all about? Would they be able to observe that you're a Christian? I've shared before that my dad and I used to joke around Or one time he uh, had a hat that said, Jesus is my boss. And he, he would put it on, and we were just joking around with each other. We didn't mean much by it, but he said, I'm glad that I'm not ashamed that Jesus, that I'm part of Jesus, and that I'm a child of Jesus. I'm, I'm glad I'm not ashamed to carry Jesus' name on my hat. And I said, well, I, I hope I'm the kind of Christian that doesn't have to have a Jesus hat on to, for people to know that Jesus is my boss. And Of course, we were just teasing, but there is a lot of meaning there. Would a person be able to observe, what if I came, what if tomorrow morning at about 6 o'clock, I showed up on your doorstep and just hung out with you all day. Didn't say anything. Maybe we didn't have any conversation. I didn't get the Bible out and try to exhort you in the Word about anything or say anything to you, but I just observed your living. At the end of the day, what would I observe? What does Jesus observe? What does the world observe from our life? Are they seeing a people whose affections are set on the things above? Are they seeing a people who have been buried with Jesus Christ and risen again for His purpose, for His calling? Are they seeing a people who are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, who have sought out the things above and who have set forth to put their affection on the things above? I jotted down a little list of some things that I think would classify as things above. The truth of God's Word, to study God's Word, a desire to to study God's Word, to know the deep things of God's Word, not just enough to make it to heaven. I've had people tell me, said, I just want to know just enough to make it to heaven. I don't need to be real smart about the things of God. I just just want to know enough to make it to heaven. Is that your calling? Do you feel like God wants you to have just enough to get to heaven? What about the truth of God's Word and studying the truth of God's Word, seeking out, knowing all that you can about God's Word and learning about God's Word? And what about the place of prayer? Are you praying just enough to get by? I think I shared a message some weeks ago. Are you prepared for the unexpected? Do you pray and study and seek God for just enough strength to get by for the things that you think you're gonna face? Or are you trying to indulge in all that you can? Are you trying to seek God in his word? Are you trying to learn as much as you can in the place of prayer? Are you spending as much time as you can in prayer? Do you have a prayer list? Are you, are you purposed in your prayer life? And I jotted this stuff down too. and this may not be for every person, but are you, are you busy writing songs and writing books and writing literature to leave behind after you leave this life? I, I was just appreciating again and thanking God for the hymns that we have in the hymn books. Do you ever think of what it would be like to be a Christian and come together to worship and not be able to pick up a hymn book and sing out of the hymn book? Not be able to print off songs and to sing them together and that we all know what they are how would you worship God if you didn't have a songbook? If we didn't have a songbook in church, what would church look like? What would worship look like? Think about that. Somebody somebody has received that calling that God has put on their heart, and I know it comes with a talent. This is not for everyone. Maybe God hasn't blessed you with that talent to write songs or to write a book or to write Christian literature. Or to write a devotional or write spiritual things or write a gospel track. I felt the Lord has put it on my heart different times to write up little gospel tracks. Because I'm overly qualified? No, because I feel like God's put it on my heart and I think it can help someone else. What about those who have gone on before and left literatures and materials and songs and books to help people spiritually long after they're gone? Many of the books that have been life-changing in my own life are written by people who I never got the opportunity to meet. People who were passed away long before I even knew what it was like to be a Christian or even before I was born. Yet they've been so much spiritual help to me. Are you focused on winning souls? The things above, the things of God are about winning souls. And particularly, I believe God has put us in a special place for a special purpose. I believe God wants you to win your loved ones and your family members. It seems like it's so easy to go out on a street corner where we don't know anybody, to go to a neighborhood uh, that we've never been to and knock on doors. And I say it's easy. It's easier maybe. It's not easy necessarily by the definition of easy, I guess. But why is it that it's easier to share the gospel with a stranger than it is with a family member, with a loved one? Why is that? Maybe that's a question that needs to be answered. Maybe that's a question you should pray about. But I believe that we should be focused. I think the things above, I think God will be pleased. The things above are to be focused on winning our loved ones to the Lord. To help those who are saved, to pray for them, to encourage them. Those are the things that are above. That is the business of God, to help other people, to help other Christians. I'm not just talking about going over and working for them for free. That might be part of it. I'm talking about spiritual. I'm talking about the spiritual battle, the spiritual war. How can you help your brothers and sisters in Christ? How can you help spiritually those of us that are here in this congregation? God has put us together for a special purpose. How can you help encourage a a kind word? Praying for them faithfully throughout the week, words of encouragement. I believe the things of God, the things above are about winning souls for God. Not just loved ones, but also strangers. Are you seeking out and setting your affection on the things above? What are your affections on? I couldn't help but think of the word subvert. That we need to be careful that we're not subverted from the way, that we're not overthrown, that we're not undermined, that we're not swayed to a different way of living. It's easy to come together in church, it's easy to open up the Bible, it's easy to sing the hymns, it's easy to praise God in the presence of the congregation. But what about living in a way where our affections are set on the things above? The things that really move us, the things that really stir us, the purpose in our life down inside has been set on the things of God, the things of Christ. Let's stand tonight. You've been patient. I want to allow the Lord time to search our hearts, and the altar is open if anyone needs to pray. We're just going to tarry for a few moments and we'll dismiss in prayer. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Is that a reality in your life? I don't normally do this, but I'm going to set the stopwatch. I just want us to have a time of quietness for one minute and allow the Lord to search our hearts. And if no one needs to pray, I'm happy to dismiss. One minute, starting now. has been completed let's close in prayer we love you heavenly father thank you once again for your word thank you lord for revealing the things above to us thank you lord that we can set our affections thank you for this passage that calls us and reminds us and exhorts us to set our affection on the things above and not on the things on the earth not on the things that will soon pass away help us to be living for the things that will matter in eternity Bless each one who's here, Lord. Apply this to our hearts and to our lives. Help us to know how we can personally carry this out. And then search out our hearts. Examine us in a special way that only you can. We can't look in the mirror. We can't look in the spiritual mirror and examine our own hearts, Lord. Something that only you can do. May our ears be in tune with your voice. May your spirit lead us day by day. May our life count for time and for eternity. We praise you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for this truth. Thank you for all that you've done in each one of our hearts. We pray that you would be with us as we go about our ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.